So we decided to create a satellite constellation that gives our end users the ability to collect an image at any location at any time of day so that they can get the information and the geointelligence they need to solve their problem when they need it. They have a problem they're trying to solve and we're helping kind of fit a solution into that that gets them yes. further along in their missions. We're standing by. Entry interface minus five minutes. Okay, everybody, so we are coming to the end of our first journey on the New Space Podcast. For the past several months, we've been talking to companies that study the Earth from space. And these companies are generating a lot of new insights about our planet, about sustainability, about the health of agriculture, about the movement of business in and out of ports, public safety, fighting global crime, and a whole lot more. What all these applications have in common, though, is a commercial end user. And that end user sits squarely outside the Earth observation industry. They're not quite trained on how to interpret RF ellipses, study millions of space-sourced photographs, or analyze hyperspectral imagery. Thankfully for today's guest, Black Sky, solving that end-user dilemma is exactly why they started their company. Their customer can define a need, pick a location to monitor, select a time frame, task a satellite to go check it out, and then watch results appear in hours. Of course, there's more to it than that, but you get the picture. Today, I'm talking to two leaders from Black Sky, Amanda Marchetti and Morgan Cox. They'll walk us through how Black Sky makes Earth observation intelligence incredibly user-friendly. Hey, Amanda, and hey, Morgan, welcome to the show. Hey, John, thank you very much for having hey. us. Hey, John, thank you for having us. Yeah, so Black Sky is a really cool company. It's been good getting to know your company and the solution that you provide. And Amanda, when we were talking earlier about one of the key benefits of your company, it really replaces sort of an old way of looking at Earth observation data, really sort of the old school manual. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and get a little bit of a background on you know your career, but mm -hmm. especially leading to at Black Sky, what do you think the company is doing right, given that you're sort of, in a way, a, kind of a customer <laughs> career-wise <laughs> of what the company does? No, it's very true. So I've been in this industry for 20 years. Much of the in insight developed out of geospatial technology was all manual. So I literally was manually digitizing and extracting information from imagery. But then we, you know, this age of GIS evolved and we realized, oh, we don't have to manually extract everything. So what attracted me to Black Sky was the fact that they're one of the first to take a truly customer-centric approach. And so Black Sky started with the customer interface and the customer experience in mind. So we actually started as a software company and we started with the platform that the end user was going to use to derive intelligence and to understand and to give really the end user kind of a platform and more than a platform, it's an interface where they can access the world at their fingertips and access the insight to solve their key mission or business problems. And so beyond that platform, we build a constellation because sitting with our customers, we learned very quickly that in this industry of, you know, transparency or this age of transparency that the imaging industry has created, what they mat what matters most to them is being able to see a single location at the cadence of collection that they need. They, they were really struggling with this concept of having to wait till the next available satellite pass. So we decided to create a satellite constellation, and I'll I'm happy to share more on this, that gives our end users the ability to collect an image at any location at any time of day 
so that they can get the information and the geointelligence they need to solve their problem when they need it. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, you have definitely a lot of good perspective for judging the value of what Black Sky does. So Morgan, what about you? Yeah, yeah. So the software development aspect of it, I think, is the thing that really kind of drove me towards Black Sky because of where the company was at, what its mission was that it was setting up. The idea of of building this platform that was going to be highly usable, um, make life just easier for customers, and then kind of the I, power behind what it could deliver was really important to me. And I think the thing that I really liked about when I came to Black Sky, started working towards commercial sales and, and business development was the fact that in a lot of cases, we were helping to design solutions with customers. You know, we weren't just simply saying, here's an image, enjoy. We were helping <laughs> helping them do something more with it. You know, they're they're fine. They have a problem they're trying to solve. And we're helping kind of fit a solution into that that gets them yes. further along in their missions. Yeah. Or it's more like, here's an image. Good luck, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or I've even seen the approach of, here's an image. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, is there any more images? Because uh, I don't see anything going on on this one. <laughs> yeah. So in a nutshell, how would you differentiate Black Sky? Because I know there's a lot of different EO companies providing other data modalities, right? SAR, RF, mm -hmm. et cetera. So how do you stand out in the crowd? Oh, that's a great question. There's a, you know, almost a constellation of earth imaging providers now. But the way we differentiate is one I've already mentioned. It's it's really this customer fit centric and really problem centric approach, looking at what's the customer's problem and how can we use geospatial intelligence to solve it. But beyond that, what we have focused on is a monitoring mission as opposed to a mapping mission. And so when you look at your traditional EO provider, what they are doing is fantastic and it's needed in the industry. It's mapping large swaths of our planet all at the same time to get a good snapshot of what does the world look like today? What we do is we actually, we don't go for that broad swath. We don't go for the broad area. We focus on key locations where our end users need to monitor on a daily basis because the intelligence that they need is less about the snapshot of what does this region look like? It's really more about how is this location changing day by day, hour by hour, and how does that information solve my business or mission problem? A few of the things that I think are, are really great about Black Sand helps us to be really efficient in everything that we're providing is the fact that we're vertically integrated. I mean, I know that people throw that around a lot. It gets said mm -hmm. frequently, but you know, the fact is we have our own constellation. It's ours. We have our own data science teams, innovation group, our own developers. Everything that we're putting together for our customers is coming from Black Sky. And I think that helps us to be really, really efficient in what we're putting out, making it match really well to what people need and into the, the requirements that they have out of it. And yeah. in the spirit of that efficiency, Morgan, what we've really also focused on is not just the acquisition of imagery and not just the acquisition of our own imagery. But one thing we haven't discussed yet is the leveraging of what we call our virtual constellation. We are agnostic on as far as the earth observation data that we provide our customer. Like I said, the goal is to solve the customer's problem. And so if our unique you know, solution in earth observation and this point collection that we do, that we can do on this, let's just say intraday revisit, isn't is part of the picture, but not the whole picture, we will partner with 
you know, with our friends in the industry. And we'll give them the mapping data that they need on the big swath. We'll partner with folks that provide data, you know, to the regards of RF, if what they need to see is the signals within the image or the AIS data that they need. And then taking that one step further, we also realize when you start to work with an EO constellation like ours, that's producing stacks of imagery on a daily basis, and then combining that with that virtual constellation, we work really hard to provide technology that helps that end user to read all of that data in an efficient manner. And that's where artificial intelligence comes in. Our end users just don't have the time to look at every single image. And sometimes a human can actually miss things. So it's what I generally call detection fatigue. <laughs> when they're staring at image after image and trying to detect feature after feature, I've watched users actually get tired and just miss critical pieces of intelligence. So what we do is we use artificial intelligence, and this is another key differentiator, to look through that temporal stack of imagery and actually tell our end users, hey, this is the day that all the aircraft took off from this airbase, or this is the day that the supply chain stopped because all the vessels are stopped and they're stuck at this location and they're not moving. That's what our end game is here. It's really less about providing pixels, but more about providing the insight to solve that customer's problem. Can you walk me through, and I know we just did this in a demo, so you don't have the visuals here, <laughs> but walk me through kind of maybe a virtual demo where you're imagining a customer, what mission they've tasked, what part of the world they're looking at, mm -hmm. and then what is it like to interact with your software? The software it's just intuitive, I think is the best way to describe it. You know, you sit down in front of it, you can see the orders you've put in, the taskings you can put in, you, you see where they sit in that process. If they want to put in a new tasking really anywhere in the globe, they just go to the tasking screen, you identify a location, you can identify the cadence at which you want to get it. You know, I, I want to get one shot as quick as possible. I'd like to get a shot every week for the next three months. And, you know, that recurrence can, can sit in that order and it'll just bring imagery in as, as it, as it goes. Then, you know, there's a few additional tweaks they can put in there as far as, you know, maybe the cloud cover they're willing to accept the off nader angle they're willing to accept in the imagery that comes back. And then you, you task it. And from that point forward, it's, it's on our mission planner is going to take in that order. It's going to take in any other orders that have come in from other customers. It prioritizes them. It assigns them to satellites. And at that point, it's really just a matter of waiting for the imagery to come back, which comes back really quickly. I mean, from the point of an order being placed to getting that tasking back is it's hours. I mean, we're, we're not talking days. We're certainly not talking weeks anymore. I mean, we're talking hours to get that imagery back in your inbox. I mean, I talked to some GIS folks who will get a task in the morning from somebody, they're placing an order in our system, and by lunch, they're delivering a product that has new imagery from that day in it. It's it's just staggeringly fast. So let's say they've tasked something for three months, right? How do they compare the the picture from the start of the mission to the end of the mission? Yeah, so there's there's a number of different ways they can do that. In our system, you could define a site, get all of that imagery back into that site. You could use a side-by-side -side slider to see the changes that have gone in there. 
You could take that entire image stack and actually play through it and just watch it like a, a film of everything that's changed as each image comes up. And then there's there's you know more bespoke solutions that some of our customers have built or we've helped build with them that allow them to see specific changes that have taken place. And a lot of what they'll do is they will, they'll run our detect analytics and they'll look at the changes over time. Because with the detect analytic, depending on the analytic you're using, and we have vessel detection, aircraft detection, building detection, and motion detection. All of those provide opportunities to quantify change over time. And that's really what saves the customer and reduces their opportunity loss and helps our end users you know, think smarter about the things they need to think smarter about and worry less about making sure they captured every detail from the image. So I, I know that, that speed is, is important. So frequent revisits, that's part of speed, right? The ability to not sit there and pour over data, right? That's part of speed. It's an automated process. Mm -hmm. And you talk about what you're calling near real-time geospatial intelligence. So mm -hmm. can you describe what you mean by that term and then how your how everything from your software to your constellation to your analytics enables you to achieve that? Mm. So this is the kind of stuff that gets me really excited. When you bring the whole constellation to the fingertips of the end user, and this is, this is why I'm a black sky. And so just to use a scenario, I kind of like that scenario Morgan brought up earlier. We were looking in the demo in this you know, location in Botswana. And so when you look at the power of our constellation, I'll just start with the fact that we do have 14 satellites on orbit right now. We are on what we call a mid-inclination orbit that allows that repeat revisit. We do have a cruising latitude of 52 degrees north to 52 degrees south. Many other of our friends in the industry are using a polar orbit. It just takes longer to go pole to pole. So with all of that being known, our end users have the ability to use any camera on any satellite to target that one location in Botswana. So let's just say they want to understand how, you know, what's the growth like in this area. And so starting with tasking, what they would do is they could easily, and this is something that's so easy, my dad could do it. And my dad's still trying to figure out Amazon. So <laughs> they can go into the platform and they can actually just hover. They can find the location in Botswana. They click on it. They set up their tasking requirement. And all tasking means is they're just setting up, they say, hey, I would like my constellation, leveraging our constellation, that say, I want a picture every hour or every day for this period of time. Let's just say they're they're running a project that's running one month, two months, three months. They can set that cadence of what we call collection, but it's really the timing of the pictures that they want to collect. Once they have those pictures starting to collect and come in, that's when they're going to engage, you know, well, for one, a number of factors, and I know I can go really deep here, but we don't just take pictures. Keep in mind, we can take short snippets of what you might consider to be a video. We take something called a burst collection. So they can look at that location and take five pictures all at once. It shows the pattern of activity. It shows where the traffic is moving. It shows if they're over water, you can actually see the vessels moving or if the vessels are stationary. They have this opportunity to see life as it's living in that location. And then on top of that, we also have the ability to look at the location at night. So now they're capturing for one location, the pattern of activity during the day and the pattern of activity at night. With our nighttime imaging, they can see when the lights are on, when the lights are off. And on a day-by-day -day basis, they start to understand 
where where life is happening and where life and I would say the region is growing. And so when you think of things like oil and gas, you can actually look at the flaring activity now during the daytime and the nighttime. And so it's about that pattern of life, life analysis to answer those questions. And then taking it one step further, we have that automation, that artificial intelligence that allows that end user to extract all of the information about that location at one time. So let's just say it's an airstrip that we're looking at in Botswana. We can tell you about every, you know, the number of aircraft that are present on that airstrip every day. We also use an approach that we call functional site decomposition, where we're not just telling you about, you know, the aircraft or the type of aircraft, but we're actually going to tell you where that aircraft was located in that, on that airbase. Because if it's on the landing strip, now I know that, you know, my commodity or my shipment is about to take off. And if it's my aircraft is stuck and it's at the hangar, now I know my commodity, there's something happening in the, there could be something happening in the supply chain if I'm not receiving my shipments fast enough. So we're giving our end users the ability to literally look any place in the world and monitor for the activity that answers the pressing questions to their business or to their government. So as, you, as you've been doing this with different types of businesses and organizations in different parts of the world, can you talk about some of the use cases that you find the most interesting and relevant? Yeah. I mean, I think let's say something like fertilizer. Fertilizer yeah. is, is a, is a huge commodity. It's in the news right now because of obviously the, the impacts that the, the Ukraine is having. That's something that for a lot of reasons, companies are trying to get in, get in front of, you know, both from understanding how things may impact their supply as well as, you know, where their competitor supply might be. And so there's a lot of the steps along the way that you really need an image to to understand what's happening. I mean, whether it's because an AIS signal will show you where the ship is, but from the ship, it's getting offloaded onto barges and then it gets moved by barge and you kind of lose the ability to to track it. But you can you can get that if you monitor a tug that's pushing it and you can image the barge to make sure you know exactly what you're looking at. So understanding how that supply might move through river systems is, is a huge aspect of, of that particular commodity and being able to price it competitively, being able to understand how it's moving through a region. So that's certainly one use case that I think is, is having a moment right now. Other stockpiles, things like coal or pet coke and how those might be getting moved around, how they're getting used certainly influences energy markets. And all of those are things that there are ways to track those commodities, but using an image to do it is just, it's just the easiest way to do it. And when you start to combine the insights gained from the imagery with other data sets is when you really start to get a really holistic view of that market and where it's going and you know how it might be impacted by other things that are going on. And I think that that's something we're really trying to do with a lot of our commercial customers right now. I mean, for commercial customers, space is kind of a new thing. I think they have solutions that fit what they've needed in the past, but space is getting to a spot now that we can, we can offer them the solutions they need. And some innovative companies are coming around to it faster than others. But I always tell them, I'm like, listen, we're not trying to replace 
what you guys are doing now entirely. We're not trying to be your only provider of you know, space-based insights and geospatial insight. Really, the, the companies that are going to be the most successful with this type of intelligence are the ones that are starting to integrate it with a lot of other data sources. You know, they have terrestrial sources that they can they can use. They have other sensors that they're relying on from space. And they're basically building a solution set that pulls on all of those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's the kind of stuff that our innovations group is is really working on closely with a lot of customers. It's yeah. it's using our satellites with kind of a high revisit to tip from or tip to other sensors and to be the most efficient with all of the stuff they have in order to get the solution faster and more accurately than they could in the past. Yeah, We're really revolutionizing the availability of insight to the commercial audience. Yeah. So before your customers, you know, open your software and start to, you know, put in a task and assign one of the satellites to go look at some place for some amount of time, how do you educate them on even what's possible? It's a good question. I think it happens in a lot of different ways. And I think probably one of the first things that happens is them kind of educating us on what solution they need, what problem they're trying to solve. Cause that's, that's really where we start with them all the time. And I think we start there because we know that what we can provide may not be the complete solution. We may have to pull on other types of data. We're certainly going to need to pull on their industry expertise to understand how we can best approach it. I do think that in a lot of cases, they get surprised at what is available. You know, how quickly we can see something, you know, submeter imagery coming back to them from across the globe without them having to leave their desk is, is something they're not used to. And you know, we talk about resolution sometimes, and I think that a lot of the times to the uneducated, they think the highest resolution is the best thing you can get. But there's actually a lot of things that get introduced with high resolution that that start to be problematic, you know, whether it's the amount of space it takes to collect all that data, the amount of time it takes to process that data. You could fly a plane and collect some really high resolution, great imagery of an area, but it may take weeks or longer to process that imagery and make it usable. You know, what we're offering is the ability to get imagery that's usable, insights that are usable, and can go into the decision-making process within hours of the time that you've decided I need it and you're clicking the button to to task that satellite. Yeah, that's really cool. I imagine that it's pretty eye-opening the first time you see that, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I Again, I would reiterate the fact that like, I'm not trying to discount those other sensors that are out there. They're super important. And we have a lot of customers that rely on us to help triage all the different sites they need to look at. You know, They may have dozens of sites and they only really need a high resolution shot of maybe one of them, but they can use us to be more strategic with where they need to collect that more expensive, you know, more slower intelligence that they need to get. I mean, with with us, they're able to see the details that they need. They're able to get the insights that they need to make a more strategic decision going forward. Yeah. The great thing with the commercial you know, audience, as we've already discussed, is we're really opening their eyes to the opportunity that we bring to them right now. And so when the Marshall fire happened, we imaged that location you know, immediately. And as soon as the clouds broke, we were able to see the extent of damage in a way and quantify it in a way that no one else could. For a claims adjuster, that's what they need to know. They need to know 
you know, ahead, they would prefer not to send somebody out to the site. If they can document the damage and know the extent of damage within a few moments time, it saves them a tremendous amount of money and investment on their end and time for their customer to just start the process of rebuilding. Yeah. Rebuilding their homes and rebuilding their lives. So looking into the future, what do you see as a major innovation that still needs to happen in the earth observation market? I think the next big breakthrough, and Morgan, I'll give you a chance to answer as well, but for my opinion, the next big breakthrough is the data aggregation. There's, as I've mentioned, there's constellations of new, you know, new earth observation and satellite, you know, technology providers out there. But at the end of the day, if you're truly going to solve, look at the customer's problem, they don't care what satellite they use. They don't care what data is used to solve the problem. What we want to do is just have that firm understanding of the problem and then aggregate the data in a way that allows us to rapidly, rapidly cultivate the right solution and the right answer to that problem. So data aggregation and really developing, you know, strong partnerships and a strong partner ecosystem with our friends in the industry. I, I agree. I agree with that, Amanda. I mean, we're we're at a spot that I think the industry around space-based intelligence is really it's really ramping up. And it's all the different things that are going to support that, whether it's people combining those different those different sensor outputs, it's the analytics people are building around it. And I think the thing Amanda hit on at the end there is is really true is that we're at this spot now where customers are starting to understand what's available and the people that are providing it are starting to make it easier to get. And in a lot of cases, taking people out of the loop. I mean, we've got a full API behind what we're offering. We're starting to integrate with more and more systems. I mean, we've we've mm-hmm. integrated with Esri, so you can task out of there. You can task out of Palantir now. I mean, it's just an ability to take what we can provide and get it to people easier and then remove the amount of effort they need to gain the insights out of it. So whether that's analytics, you know, detecting things in those images, other data systems overlaying additional information into it, you know, in the same way that we can take a shot, we can identify where the ships are, we can overlay the AIS signal of that ship and some additional details that tell you maybe where it's headed, what it's carrying. I just had this analogy. If you think of the data, the data is almost like the raw ore. What we're trying to do is refine to the gold and all the customer cares about is the gold. So that that's the next step. All right. Well, thank you both. Thanks a lot, Amanda. And thank you very much, Morgan, for coming on the show. It's been a really good conversation. Yeah. Thanks, John. Yes. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of New Space. For past and future episodes, you can go to explorenewspace.com. Bye for now.